Live from the Star Worldwide Network Studios. It's time for Spirituality for Everyday Living with Melinda Vale. As the medium who makes a difference, Melinda and her guests discuss practical spirituality and how it makes an impact on our everyday lives. And now, here's your hostess, Melinda Vale. Welcome to Spirituality for Everyday Living. I am Melinda Vale, and I've got a fantastic show for you today. I have a young doctor with me today that I'm so excited to talk to because in spirituality, we always talk about the body-mind-spirit connection, and he's here to talk with us about that, but he does state-of-the-art ketamine, microdosing. He's an anesthesiologist. He's a DO, and he seems like an all-around terrific guy. I want you to welcome Dr. James Lay. Them. Hi, um, do- hi, doctor. How are you today? I am excellent. Thank you so much, Melinda. I'm yes. really looking to unveil some secrets for your audience. <laughs> unveil with the other side of the veil, right? That's Very right. Good. Very good. Well, what drew you to first being a doctor? You're from Connecticut. Second, yeah. being a DO. Tell everybody yeah. what's the difference between an MD and a DO. And then anesthesiology. Yeah. So tell me how this all happened in your life. Well, I'll do the, in short, difference between an MD and a DO is that I always tell people like, take a chiropractor and an MD, put it into one, you got a DO. So mm-hmm. we know to do the, the hands-on musculoskeletal manipulation. Um, but beyond that, it's essentially the same. We have very similar training. A lot of DOs go on to do MD residencies. So residency is really where you learn how to become that type of doctor. And they've actually merged all the residency programs at this point. So when mm-hmm. I came through, there was a DO residency uh, system, and then there was an MD residency system, and now it's all one. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially not too much difference because we all have the same prescribing rights, can do surgery. Um, I remember someone summarized it for me one time. Every single field where there's an MD, there's a DO, mm-hmm. but not every field where there's a DO is there an MD. Right. Because some people will do musculoskeletal manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of one of the differences. As far as like what got me into medicine, well, we're going to get kind of personal here, but let's do it. So October 27th, 2002, uh, Game 7 of the World Series, Giants are playing the Angels. Angels beat the Giants that night. I was in the hospital. Um, I had appendicitis. It perforated. Two weeks prior, my dad had just drowned. He was 48 years old. I was 21 years old. And uh, it didn't really like give me a spiritual awakening then, but I was in the hospital. And on that night where the Giants played the Angels in the World Series, I had an epiphany. Mm-hmm. And I decided I wanted to become a doctor. I thought I was hallucinating from the medicines that I was being given. I was on Demerol, a bunch of IV antibiotics. And then, you know, I told my nurses, like, I'm going to be a doctor. And I was like, did I just tell them everybody I was going to be a doctor? And I went to sleep that night. Next morning I woke up, still wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And that was 2002, October 27th. And then I didn't get into medical school until 2007. It took me five years to make it happen. Wow. I was a business major, uh, concentration in marketing management. And then I remember after I got out of the hospital stay there, I went back to the, uh, I was at Florida Southern College in Lakeland, Florida. I was in my senior year. I went to the biology department and I taught this guy, Dr. Baum. Shout out to Dr. Baum. I've talked to him in like over a decade. I wonder if he's still alive. Awesome, amazing human being. And I went to him and I said, I want to become a doctor. I want to go to medical school. And instead of him saying, hey, a little bit too late to decide that, he's like, all right, we're going to make it happen. Um, but it's the fall semester. I'm going to let you skip bio 101. I'm going to have you take bio 102 in the spring. If you get an A, maybe you have what it takes. And I'll let you take bio 101 with me in the summer. And I got an A. And then I got an A in the next class. I aced every single science class I had to take because I had this newfound passion 
for wanting to become a physician. Mm -hmm. And I answered the calling. So I feel like I was called into medicine. And a lot of people are called into different things, but it's then up to us. We have the free will to answer that calling. That's right. So I feel like it's almost like my life's destiny, if you will. There's no doctors in my family. I was the first to graduate college on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. My brother is also a physician. My younger brother, he's a pain management doctor out here. Shout out to Dr. Jerry Latham, also a DO. Mm -hmm. But then he did an MD residency at uh, Penn State and then also a pain management fellowship at uh, Penn State. So he had both sides, DO and MD. I did a DO residency at Michigan State. So I've been all over. I'm from Connecticut, undergrad, Florida, uh, medical school, Arizona, at Midwestern University in Glendale, and then my residency at Michigan State. And I was like, get me back to Arizona because this place is amazing, capital AZ in the middle. Yeah. I love it. So that's kind of like my genesis story, mm-hmm. if you will. But then why anesthesia? Uh, well, because honestly, I like working with my hands. I played college baseball, so I have pretty good dexterity. Um, I like seeing the real-time results of my actions, and I really enjoy pharmacology and physiology. So with anesthesia, you know, it's really an art and a science, all medicine is. But with anesthesia, it's like there's so many different ways to get the patient through the procedure, mm-hmm. but it's up to you to kind of figure out the recipe that you want to do. And as long as you have a great outcome, then it was the right way. Mm-hmm. So I love that art aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And that's one patient at a time. And you get to see the real-time results of your actions. So it's mm-hmm. like, hey, patient's hypotensive or patient's having pain. I'm going to do this. And you're going to know within 30 seconds to a minute if you made the right decision. I also don't have to really worry about patient compliance. Like, say you go to a family medicine doctor and they're like, hey, you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol. They prescribe you the medication. Hopefully you take it. You're compliant. And then they follow back in a month and see if you are doing better or what have you. Uh, with anesthesia, just make sure you didn't eat. And then pretty much beyond that, I don't have to worry about compliance. I take over. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you basically when to go to sleep, when to wake up, when to breathe. So it's really cool, honestly, to... You're the bartender of the OR. It's yeah. amazing. It's pharmacology, physiology. <laughs> the bartender and, of the OR. Yeah, like you're, I'm mixing up cocktails. And now I don't do anesthesia you know, in a hospital anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I've parlayed that into a psychedelic medicine uh, specialist. And I do ketamine infusions as well as other wellness services. We have two clinics. Uh, my co-founder of Advanced Wellness and Pain, I have two other partners, Dr. Sharma and Dr. Wong. They're both MDs, actually, so we kind of have everything under one roof. Mm-hmm. And then we do different things like IV vitamin infusions and peptides and hormones and exosomes. Uh, but ketamine is our main service, and it's really what I'm most passionate about, honestly. Mm. I want to talk to you about that because this is really state-of-the-art, and it's yeah. it's now becoming more and more popular. But my thought is, when you're telling me your story, that out of life and death, mm-hmm. which would be your father dying yeah. and you being on the cusp of dying, I mean, appendix being burst is a big deal, yeah. right? You know, hundred years ago, you're dead, most yeah, likely. That's right. You know? Out of life and death, you decided to do something uh, about life and death. Yeah. Being an anesthesiologist, Very you true. really do have those, you know, those lives in your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had multiple surgeries in my life, and the last time I had surgery, which was last year. I was pleasantly surprised by the anesthesia yeah. because it's changed over time, and oh, I bounced sure. right out of it like you know, like there was nothing that nothing happened. Yeah. When in, in prior surgeries, it's you know, you you wake up slowly, you feel nauseous and what yeah. whatnot. So I think that's changed over time too. Yeah, it depends on the type of case and the type of anesthetic that's being done. Like we can do like a twilight or a light sedation, mm-hmm. or we can do a full blown general anesthetic, or we could do a regional anesthetic where you can block a nerve so you could essentially just do minimal sedation with that or do a spinal or so many different ways mm-hmm. to you know accomplish uh, do anesthesia do you miss that life uh, and death that patient in your hands kind of thing? uh you know there's aspects of anesthesia that i miss what i would say is i miss that there's an off switch so what i mean by that is that you know unless you're on call when i was done 
I was done. Life was my own, so I could have more vacation. But when you're on, you're on, and you're going to you know, have to kind of face sometimes life or death in the moment with mm -hmm. patients are very stressful, but you don't have to market yourself. I just show up, here's your cases, do your work. Now I'm an entrepreneur. Now I have to market myself. There is no off switch. I have to create the off switch because mm -hmm. there's always work to be done when you have a business. Part of the reason I went into medicine is that when I was in the hospital back then when I was 21 years old, I realized that, you know, I went to the hospital, I had abdominal pain. They said, you need surgery. I didn't know anything. I couldn't question them. So I realized that at the, you know, basically in life, if I take away everything from any one of us, what are you left with? You're left with your mind, your body, your spirit. That's mm -hmm. it. So why not know as much about the mind and body as you can so that I could empower myself so that if one day I need another procedure, I need to go to the hospital, then I can actually say, oh, yeah, I do need surgery. Or, you know what? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. So that's what I learned from that. Like, mm -hmm. if you take your car to the mechanic and they're like, hey, you need a new alternator, so be it, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you did or didn't. Mm -hmm. But when it's your body, you get one. It's like you get one car leased for life. Mm -hmm. Take great care of it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's honestly like really I wanted to empower myself mm -hmm. to do that. You know, I use that car analogy a lot as far yeah. as um, the duality on, on the planet mm -hmm. because we both have a negative volt and a positive volt. Yeah. Without the negative and the volt, positive volt, the battery doesn't make the car run. Yeah. So here on planet Earth, we have a positive and negative volt. Yeah. We can either move into that negative and be a victim, which yeah. many people who have chronic pain do, yeah. or move into it and make a different choice and be a victor. It sounds like- Oh, that's, I say know, the victim or victor. These are, these are my words. This yeah. is perfect, you know, yeah. like- I noticed your bracelets, actually. I thought yeah. that was me versus me is one, one thing that you have yeah. on your bracelet. And that's the truth of all of us as human beings is it's our spirit versus our ego. It's yes. that, that angel on the one side, the devil on the other, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And when someone is riddled with anxiety mm -hmm. or riddled with PTSD or something like that, their mind can't move them into Victor. And this is yeah. maybe where the new ketamine therapy is contributing to making movement pe for people who've been stuck. And yeah, how did you, you get into the ketamine? Uh, well, so during COVID, this is our COVID pivot, essentially. So we were, I was working at Banner Baywood Hospital. I became a partner in, in the group. Um, and then less than six months after it became partner, we lost the contract with Banner. And the group had been there over 20 years. Um, and then I was like, well, I know there's ketamine clinics out there. Um, let's make a COVID pivot and try to open one and see if we can do it better than how it's being done. Because I felt like I just had more personal knowledge with psychedelics. I've used them for my own personal evolution and exploration. Um, so we gave it a shot. And then we opened up in Peoria. Uh, really, it was just the wrong location for us, but it was something that was necessary for us to kind of trial our process. And then it was a slow transition um, over the course of two years, basically, of still doing anesthesia and outpatient surgery centers and then moving to doing the ketamine clinic full time. Mm -hmm. um, and then we opened up in uh, Scottsdale in August 2021. And, we, you know, the rest is history. Like, honestly, every month's been better, better, better. Some months there's a little ebb and flow. But I have found my ikigai, which is find what you love, what you're good at. The world needs it. You make a living from it. Mm -hmm. And this is my ikigai. But anesthesia was not my ikigai. I didn't love it. I liked it. Um, I was good at it. The world did need it, and I did make a living from it. But I didn't love it like I love this. I'll be full disclosure. I made more money in the hospital, but it didn't feed my soul like this does because I'm really truly helping people to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. That's the goal is I'm getting you to go within. I'm kind of breaking you free of these ruminatory thought loops that a lot of people have when they're stuck in anxiety and depression and trauma. Mm -hmm. And then you're realizing this inner healing intelligence that we all have. Mm -hmm. So I get you unstuck. I say that ketamine is like the reset button. My quote for ketamine is ketamine can help you get into your mind 
so you can get out of your head. Ah, that's a wonderful quote. I mm-hmm. I shared with you before the show that I have a 44-year-old son that suffers from mm-hmm. PTSD, and for about the last 14 or 15 years, he's really struggled with it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sleep at night, um, just, you know, one thing after the other, and the hits kept on coming. He lost one friend yeah. after another, after another, after another. And he did the ketamine, and it really changed his life. It mm-hmm. put him back to the back to where he once was. But he also just did some uh, DNA uh, research and found out that some of the medications that the psychiatrist was Mm -hmm. giving him to help him were totally wrong for his DNA. Absolutely a waste of time, effort, energy, Mm. and money. um, Where the ketamine was the start for us to move away. And I say us because it's a family it should be a family situation. Yeah. People should have parents and friends and siblings that support, support yeah. right? And uh, the ketamine was the start for him to move away from traditional psychiatry into something that allowed him to make some movement. So yeah. we were so happy with that. But he did it in a doctor's clinic yeah. with an IV. Maybe yeah. he came to your clinic. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe he did. Maybe I don't he know. Did, you know. Same uh, last name? Yeah. No, I feel like I would have recognized di- Dale, perhaps. Di- different maybe last that's how name. you found last me. Name maybe. Gillette. Last name Gillette. But oh, anyway, right. um, so it made such a big back. difference for him. Yeah. And, and so explain to people the process of ketamine. Like, I know that he, I did not go with him. He had a friend go with him. Yeah. Um, but he he explained some of the process, but I'd like our viewers to know what is that process? Yeah, so I'll say every single clinic is different. It's kind of like the Wild West of ketamine right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, ketamine is the only federally legal psychedelic medicine. Um, so our process, I'm going to explain ours and know that it's different clinic to clinic. So I don't really give people ketamine. I give people a program. Mm-hmm. Ketamine is one of a powerful tool that's inside that program. We would layer it with different technologies, like I talked about the Apollo Neuro, as well as in Harmony's vibroacoustic technology. And then we have integration coaching, which is really important. And being true to you is our integration coaching partners. And then I have a workbook that I brought with me here that I co-authored with them. Mm-hmm. So this is a structured, Let me yeah, it's a structured program. Yeah. This is fantastic. Ketamine integration workbook, yep. advanced wellness and pain. Do you find that sometimes pain is in somebody's head more than in their body? Uh, it can be, but mm-hmm. I mean, if there's a, a neurologic symbol or a signal that is causing that pain, like if I have a pinched nerve root, mm-hmm. if I just had a trauma happen, that's beyond just in your head. But is there a, definitely an emotional component to pain? For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, a psychological component to it? I, I believe so. So if I can help lessen some of the psychological components, the depression, the PTSD, the anxiety, then that physical pain usually calms down a little bit as well. So our program, usually we start off with mental health is six one-hour infusions with three hours of integration coaching and then the workbook. So mm-hmm. this is meant for you to be an active participant in the healing process. It's not just, hey, give me the ketamine, make me feel different. That's unfortunately how a lot of Western medicine is, mm-hmm. is give me the pill, make me feel different, do the surgery to me, make me better, right? I want you to be an active participant. I'm giving you a powerful tool, a catalyst, I call it catalyst mm-hmm. for change, and I give you a window of opportunity to help to heal yourself, to get unstuck, essentially. I tell people, if your mental health is a house and it's on fire, ketamine will likely put that house fire out, but it will not rebuild the house. Mm -hmm. And that's why in the back of the workbook, there's a key equation here. It's ketamine plus daily integration practice 
equals a conscious transformation. Mm -hmm. It's not just ketamine equals transformation. It's the daily integration practice, mm -hmm. such as journaling, breath work, mindfulness, Thank you. metacognition, thinking about what you're thinking, right? right? You. Your diet, your sleep, your Everything. exercise, your relationships, your screen time. There's so many different keys to your mental health. Ketamine is the key to me. It's just one of those keys. Mm -hmm. And it can be a key for a lot of people. It doesn't work for 100% of people. Nothing does. But we think we have an optimized program in which you approach the medicine and it's really different than how most mental health is is done it's if you go to your family doctor or psychiatrist and you have depression or ptsd it's take the pill do the talk therapy some of the later things is like transcranial magnetic stimulation that's also kind of a, a new innovation ketamine with tms is looked at as kind of like that's almost like a last resort or electric convulsive therapy i'm not a big believer in that i have heard some good results of that, but there's mm -hmm. also a lot of potential side effects along with it. Mm -hmm. So ketamine is just gonna help get you unstuck and has a very unique mechanism of action. So that's important to talk about as well that, you know, most antidepressants are considered selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, Zoloft, Prozac, that kind of stuff. Whereas ketamine is an NMDA receptor antagonist. And so the NMDA receptor is just a calcium channel. All right, calcium is a positive ion. So, and this is also why ketamine is an anesthetic. It's only FDA approved as an anesthetic, 1970 that happened. So if I'm just blocking a calcium channel, then calcium positive ion can't go into the cell. So if positive charge can't go into the cell, the cells can't talk to each other, right? Because we're electrical beings. That's how we would basically help to increase glutamate. And then there's a downstream cascade where we increase brain derived neurotrophic factor and we get neuroplasticity with the ketamine. Mm -hmm. um, whereas SSRIs, there is no neuroplasticity with it. We're just relying on increasing serotonin and mm -hmm. hoping that helps. But we know now that honestly, like SSRIs are really no better than placebo when looked at long-term. Mm -hmm. Placebo effect is around 30 to 40% uh, with some things. Mm -hmm. So we're given a sub-anesthetic dose of the ketamine. Oh, you said like microdosing. I definitely would say it's uh, more of a macro dose. We mm -hmm. do like, cause microdosing for me is when it's sub-perceptual and ketamine is definitely perceptual. Like you are having a psychedelic experience and we approach ketamine as a psychedelic medicine. So I wanted to find that word for your listeners as well. Psyche, mind or spirit, delic, comes from the Greek word delos to reveal meaning, to manifest, to show. So I'm literally revealing meaning about your mind and your spirit to yourself. You're revealing your subconscious mind to your conscious mind. Mm -hmm. So we give the sub-anesthetic dose of ketamine, we block the NMDA receptor, and then less of these ruminatory thought patterns can talk to each other. Essentially what we're doing is we're quieting the ego. Mm -hmm. We're quieting the default mode network. If the ego had a mailing address, it's your default mode network. So essentially think of it like this, your mind is an orchestra. Your ego is the conductor. The sheet music is the default mode network. And what I'm doing is I'm removing the conductor. I'm removing the sheet music all the instruments still know how to play. Mm -hmm. And we're getting more global connectivity. So if you actually put people under a scan as they have a psychedelic experience, you will see less of the default mode network active and more global connectivity in other areas of the brain. So we're literally getting you unstuck at a, a cellular you know, neuron yeah. level. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, you and I use the same analogies when we're talking. Uh, I often talk about the cells of your body being a, like an orchestra oh, that's beautiful, and yeah. if if something's wrong then it means that that the horn section or or percussion yeah, yeah. whatever is off key yeah. and that we have to do a holistic approach to healing the body include the spirit include the mind yes. in order for the orchestra to play in in the right vibrational frequency yeah, yeah. 
and I love you. I just love you because you're explaining it to, in a scientific way. Thank you. Things I that I've that. said yeah. over the years that it's great validation for me. And, yeah. you know, as a life coach, a spiritual life coach, I always talk to people about journal, 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 yeah. journal, journal, meditate, breathe, it's all exercise. It's all the free stuff. Do that stuff because, yeah. you know, we're like a, a three-legged stool as human beings. You know, we've got oh our body, that, mind, and spirit. I say that all the time. And Jesus. if one of the legs is off, <laughs> we're not in balance. We fall down, you know? I, I do the three-legged stool analogy as well, but I say there's a three-legged stool for mental health. One leg is diet. One leg is sleep. The other leg is everything else, including exercise, relationships, all these things, right? Wow. So we got to start with diet and exercise, or diet and sleep first. And then the, or otherwise the stool's falling over every time. You can do everything wow, else perfectly. That's fantastic. Yeah, we have a lot of similar analogies. Yeah, we're like, using similar yeah, analogies. Yeah, it's very which kismet. I love, to you, I love honestly. That. What was the guilt that you felt about your father's death? Uh, well, not guilt per se, um, but basically, I, when something bad happens to you in life, you have three options. Number one, it brings you down. Number two, neutral, nothing happens. Or number three, you allow it to uplift you and empower you. And at first, I just felt down, right? Like, why me? The universe is out to get me. You know, just not guilt per se, but just feeling down, right? Depressed, not really growing from that. And then two weeks later, my appendix ruptures, I'm in the hospital. You know, then I had that epiphany, October 27, 2002. And then I turned, I guess, just the down into the negative into a positive, right? The duality of things like you talk about. So it I wouldn't say it fast like, for you. Yeah, it did. It, it's also like it just, I guess, answering that calling, you know, mm -hmm. listen to your whisper, listen to your little voice like it's there for a reason, your intuition. You know, we have the five senses, but then the sixth sense of intuition or energy, you know, perceiving a vibe or having that little whisper in your mind, like listen to it. It's one of my rules I want people to try to understand is like try to make every action a conscious action yeah. and then listen to the little voice. And people ignore the little voice. I mm. think that whenever we lose a parent young, yeah. um, that there's always this level of survivor's guilt that we have to okay. put our finger on. Now could you say survivor's guilt, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. We really have to put our finger on it because it's one of those, what you said, why me? Why dad? What, yeah. you know, you know, but why also, God? Why not? You me? know, so, right. And yeah. so I love that you kind of transformed that right away. And that would have yeah. been something that your dad would have wanted you to do. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, if he's looking down, you know, Leon, you know, um, you know, and then my stepdad also passed away in 2019. So, um, and I have a, another a stepdad as well. He's still alive. Um, but I've lost two dads already in this mm, life. I'm sorry. Um, but, but honestly, uh, I appreciate that. But it's trauma plus healing equals wisdom. That's yes. in the workbook as well. If you don't have trauma to heal, there's no wisdom to be gained. In short, no rain, no rainbow. I don't want the rain, but I do want the rainbow of life, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, no pain, no gain. I don't make the rules of life. I'm just an interpreter. So it's up to us to transmute the trauma, to transmute the negative and turn it into a positive, turn it into wisdom. Mm -hmm. It's all there as a teacher. I think life is happening for us, not to us. Right. 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 The universe is conspiring for me, not right. against me. Right. Especially here yeah. in third dimension, there's no one that gets away from trauma here. Yeah. And, you know, knowledge is just knowledge. Knowledge by itself is not wisdom. Correct. Okay. You have to be able to have experiential data to have wisdom. Yeah. You can read all day long and have all kinds of knowledge mm -hmm. and bore people to tears. <laughs> but yeah. if you have wisdom and talk about, you know, your own experiences and, and mm -hmm. pull that into a conversation, people pay attention because they know the difference between wisdom and knowledge. I can yeah. hear that difference in you yeah. from what you went through as a young man. Boy, I'm sorry yeah. for your mom too that she had suffered so many losses. By yeah. the way, my father is Lee. Mm -hmm. 
Your, your father, father is, is Lee. Leon. My father is Lee. Really? Yes. Oh, interesting. And my husband's father is Lee. I think Lee. the more we talk, we're going to see a lot of different serendipitous <laughs> connections yeah. here. You know, yeah. people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's right. And so I try to show people, like, I really care about every single patient that comes through the clinic. Like, I'll talk to people on the phone that I have not even met yet. 15, 20, 30 minutes. I've talked to you before on the phone, apparently. For a long periods of time, like mm -hmm. I will, like, and not to get a dollar out of them, but that I signed up for this as a physician, mm -hmm. and our job is to be healers, mm -hmm. and I don't want to get people to have to be on ketamine long term. It's using this as a way to get unstuck, to help you to heal yourself, and then eventually move away from the medicine and really engage the daily integration practice. That's really the key. So what if somebody, let's say, is not stuck? Yeah. They, they know their life purpose. Yeah. They're living in their dharma. Yeah. They have a great relationship. Yeah. Things are going pretty well. Although, again, on the earth plane, there is always something that we're up against. Yeah. How would ketamine, you know, benefit someone like that if they wanted to try it? Because we have all kinds of listeners and yeah. watchers that may want to try it when they don't feel stuck, but they want to see what their their experience. Look would through be. a new lens, essentially. Yeah. So I'm going to quote Stanislav Grof here, but it's like my own interpretation. Uh, what the telescope did for astronomy the microscope did for biology and medicine, and that's what psychedelics will do for psychiatry, psychology, and human consciousness. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you never look through a microscope. Oh, it's my skin right here. That's it. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's no bacteria there. Of course there is. Mm -hmm. I just can't see it. Oh, wait, so you can't see it? It means it's not there? No, of course it's there. So you can't see your answers inside your subconscious mind because you're lacking that lens, that microscope essentially, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So ketamine is that lens through which you can view your subconscious mind, and ultimately... I think, honestly, you should be able to trial it for personal evolution, you know, or transformation. Mm -hmm. And you can. This is an off-label use. It's not being paid by insurance. It's mm -hmm. between me and you as a patient. It's informed consent mm -hmm. and using this for your own personal evolution. Now, people are waking up to psychedelics, right? This is becoming very mainstream. Right. I brought the article from the Wall Street Journal, June 28th, 2023, mm -hmm. literally just a couple of weeks ago. The cover story, the drugs that power tech, ketamine, LSD, mushrooms. The very first line, Elon Musk takes ketamine. The next line, Sergey Brin sometimes enjoys magic mushrooms, the guy that co-founded Google, right? These are tools for personal exploration. And you should be able to access that because it's the only federally legal psychedelic right now. Mm -hmm. Lots of people are talking about microdosing mushrooms. That's a Schedule One substance, unless you're in Colorado or Oregon or some of the little cities like Oakland that have allowed that to be decriminalized, essentially. But decriminalization is not legalization. It just means the cops have made a low priority. They're not going to go after you. Right, right, right. But it's not legalized. You can't go somewhere and buy it. So these are tools. Like anything, everything in life is a tool or a weapon. Your phone, tool or a weapon. Social media, tool or a weapon. Love. Friendships, tools or weapons, psychedelics, tools or weapons. So I try to use this as a tool, and I help to protect you by not prescribing it to you. You come in the clinic, then I will administer it. You're not going to get addicted to it, but we're going to create a safe space. We're going to treat the medicine with reverence, mm -hmm. right? We're going to have intention behind it. That's mm -hmm. the key. You know, in life, and I shout out to Joe Polish Genius Network. I got this from him. Either we're communicating, we're connecting, or we're trying to make an escape. Mm -hmm. And that's in conversations, and that's also with ourselves. So when we're engaging with a substance, are we just trying to escape from ourselves, like alcohol and drugs? Mm -hmm. Or are we communicating with ourselves, just having very superficial, going through the motions of life? Or are we trying to connect and get to a deeper level? So if we use psychedelics and treat them with reverence and use them as tools to connect to our spiritual self, that's how we're going to get this awakening. You know, we're a human operating system. I want people to become like Melinda, probably 5.0, because I'm sure you've been through many editions. But think about your phone. 
if it's not working, you just got to upgrade the software or you got to turn it off, turn it back on. Mm -hmm. This is that thing for the human mind, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what can it do for me that meditation every day for 30 years has not? Which, you know, is why yeah. I look the way I look at 69 yeah, yeah. years old. Because well, I was, guess, like 55 or yeah, something. but Because I meditate and it oxygenates the brain and yeah. the body and that I do it. You're the same age as Alex Gray and Rick Doblin as well, 69 years old. But they were November 29th, 1953, and November 30th, 1953. What, was, what were you? 1954. I'll be 69 okay. in August. Yeah. Oh, um, August as well. Leo? Uh, August no, 5th? Virgo. Okay, August 5th. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, if you've done a lot of meditation, you've primed yourself. The people that do lots of meditation, you're so ready. What I call with the ketamine is I call it ketitation so that I can drop you into that alpha brainwave state that you're trying to access with meditation that a lot of people are unable to access because they haven't been doing it for decades. And I can get you into that relaxed meditative mind. So you already are really primed. I really, I like, I like I'm an analogy guy. So I imagine every patient that comes in, they are a log of wood. And some logs of wood are waterlogged. So the first few infusions, I'm just trying to draw, dry out that log because I'm trying to light your internal flame. And some people come in, your flame's already going, mm -hmm. right? So now I'm just really throwing gasoline on it at that point, mm -hmm. right? So if you've been doing that meditation for long periods of time, you're primed for a transformation. Mm -hmm. You could probably have one infusion, honestly, and get out of it what people would do, you know, tens of infusions. Mm, I'd like to bring Danny so, with me and film it. Yeah, I'm down with it. Yeah, yeah for let's sure. Film a we have to do and, medical history, yeah, consent, yeah, all this stuff, that, proper let's, preparation. Let's but film I would, it. Let's film it and I'm share down, it with I'm down. People, you got okay? good veins right there. Yeah, there got go. good veins. Yeah, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do, do that. Yeah. Well, we'll, Danny, you got to come with me. Yeah. So that would be cool because I think it would be great to show people some things. Yeah. Don't you? I mean, yeah, let's have peel you back the veil. Uh, we have. Uh, like, I mean, you can go on our website or Instagram. You can see quite a bit. But I haven't had a patient come in with like a film crew with them and like go from needle insertion to the whole process. But I'm open to that uh, for sure. I mean, it's it's really it's patient privacy, yeah. right? So if you're open to sharing it, you kind of get to set the tone of the room yeah, essentially. I'd be interested in that because a couple of weeks ago on my podcast, I have a friend of mine, Dr. Debbie Cruz, yeah. who has studied my brain for years. Yeah. And she has brain maps of me doing my work where my brain is... Look, basically looks brain dead. Oh. So I would really... Well, you've quieted the mind, that's for, right, perhaps. That's right. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see with what I do how that may be different. I would love from, to tap, like you know, get you to tap into you, that keditation state, because yeah. you get a ton out of it. You, yeah. you really would. I want to preface, though, like the first infusion I call ketamine 101. We're just dipping our toe in the psychedelic medicine pool, and I work up to like looking for an out-of-body experience by that fifth or sixth infusion, mm -hmm. or we call a dissociative experience. Um, so the first time I always have to respect you and the medicine and kind of go slow, but I feel it's an honor and a privilege to you know take care of you and for people. I yeah. think to see, I'm willing to be the guinea pig. Yeah. If you all want to write in and say yes, Melinda, do it, then we'll do it. Yeah. So, I've I've done the infusion many times. That would be know? very very interesting. So you you have a family. You have a little boy. Yeah, Jacoby, uh, mm -hmm. four years old. Yeah. My wife Doreen. And you know, Jacoby feels uh, like a crystal child to me. Are you familiar with the term? Uh, I'm not, but I have crystals in my clinic. So that's the first <laughs> thing you do is you get the Apollo that I'm wearing. That's our first touch point. Yeah. And then you pick out a crystal. Mm -hmm. And then I have a bunch of them. And you kind of whatever kind of jumps out at you aesthetically or if you want a different properties of them, like quartz or tiger's eye or what have you. Mm -hmm. And then you pick out an essential oil. So I'm trying to get to engage all five senses. Ah, uh, gotcha. Because then I can create a neurologic imprint. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, sound and sight I'm already taking care of. Like my clinic is essentially like an art sanctuary turned into a psychedelic medicine healing clinic. I have a lot of visionary art in there. Nice. Uh, Alex Gray, Allison Gray, Amanda Sage, Lynn Fisher, Jim Figora, the list goes on, like amazing visionary artists. And I think visionary artists 
bring back elements of the divine realms and then are able to put it onto canvas so then we can see that because it's beyond words. Words okay. are really kind of crude ways to explain the psychedelic experience and we really call it ineffable most of the time. So Alex Gray is a, just, I mean, I even have here on my watch, I'm just blown away, he just created a visionary art temple in Wappingers Falls, New York called the Entheon, mm -hmm. um, which is to find the creator within. Mm -hmm. uh, I would encourage anyone if they're ever in the, that New York area, the Hudson Valley, check out Entheon, it's mm -hmm. absolutely incredible. The first ever temple for visionary art, and it just opened on June third of this year. Wonderful. Yeah. Do talk about that little gadget that you have. Oh, in the, the yeah, the Apollo Neuro. So this is invented by Dr. David Rabin. He's a board-certified psychiatrist, also a neuroscientist. So he has an MD and a PhD. He invented the Apollo Neuro, and it's actually double-blinded, placebo-controlled trials out of University of Pittsburgh. So this is real back science, mm -hmm. and it has different uh, vibratory frequencies. And there's a really cool app that goes along with it. So I can pick Calm, which is like a dose of Zen that I have going right now as I'm a, you know, in an interview. Or you can do it for sleep. Um, say you're about to go to like a, a social gathering and you're kind of feeling tired. You can do it on energy mode as well. So there's different vibratory frequencies that they were able to study that helps to increase heart rate variability, to calm the nervous system, to help with sleep. And if you wear it three hours or more per day, it is scientifically proven to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I put it on all of our patients as our first touch point. We're partnered with Apollo Neuro, incredible technology. So check it out. I mean, this is a way to calm your nervous system. No drugs, mm -hmm. right? No drugs at all, no side effects. And it's an incredible technology. Mm -hmm. It really is. Like it's wearablehugs.com or right, apollonero.com. Right. So, you know, for, for people's understanding, it would be like throwing a rock in the pond and the ripples would go out. Yes. So you're the pond. That's the rock. The yeah. ripples are different frequencies of how they ripple out through your body and talk to your cells so that you can integrate whatever the gadget, as I'm going to call it, uh, is feeding you. So basically mm -hmm. that would be what it would be in a nutshell. Yeah, we're all energy in human form, mm -hmm. right? So I'm trying to get the vibe right, right? Mm -hmm. If you're feeling anxiety, the vibe is off. Mm -hmm. And so also we use in harmonies technology, vibroacoustics, and we use that as well during your fifth and sixth infusion. And then after each initial infusion, you get on a vibroacoustic meditation cushion. I'd love for you to try that. If you're a meditator, mm -hmm. their slogan is say goodbye to the distracted mind. Mm -hmm. Say hello to a relaxed existence. Really? Now, can oh, that be it drops used for right ADHD in. people? Oh, for sure. It can. And yeah. what does it do for ADHD people? Well, it's going gonna to calm you. So they have an incredible app that has all these different uh, music tracks on it. Mm -hmm. So there's ones for anxiety. There's ones for trauma. Um, I'd love for you to check it out. Like it, it's really, and they have the patent on it. They're the only ones that can make the meditation cushion. Mm. Uh, it's $6.99, which is a pretty decent price point. Use code AWAP5. If you want to get 5% off, so even cheaper. And that's incredible technology. If you're looking for ways to have a meditation practice and quiet that distracted mind, put the headphones on, drop into you versus just trying to sit there and do the body scan and the breath. That mm -hmm. can be tricky for a lot of people. Also, if people have Netflix, a lot of people do, there's a really good series on their headspace. And there's also a series inside headspace of meditation or sleep. Mm -hmm. So that's why I encourage all my patients to also check that out. Right. I'm trying to give you free tools that you already have right. because I create a window of opportunity for change, an area of high malleability or neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity has two sectors. It's adaptive neuroplasticity or maladaptive neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. So when I put you in this malleable state, you need to be doing positive behaviors to reinforce these uh, pathways essentially versus mm -hmm. going and having an argument or going engaging in old behaviors. That's maladaptive mm -hmm. neuroplasticity. Then you're gonna really just stay stuck and not mm -hmm. take advantage mm -hmm. you know, of mm -hmm. this opportunity. Mm -hmm. So back to crystal children. Okay? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm tangential, but we get that's, back to it. Yeah. 
Crystal children are emotionally mature and spiritually mature. Okay, I like they that. They come in that way. Yeah. And they're unique. They think differently. They're telepathic when they're born. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they won't speak until later in life. They might wait till they're two. He was a little later. Okay. Speech for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, because they can telepathically speak. So I have mm. a slew of grandchildren, and I have one that is a crystal, and he is very unique. He's an artist. Mm -hmm. No one taught him. He's great with art. He's yeah. just a very different, unique kind of a kid because yeah. he's a crystal. Remembered a past life and shared it with me when he was young. Yeah. Pierce uh, DeVale. You know, okay. So I believe that that's what Jacoby is, is a, a, a crystal child as I tap into him. Although he does have a break across his ear field. Um, has he had a tendency to get ear infections or is he... He's actually never got an ear is infection. He having, does he have acute hearing? He's got good hearing. Okay. Yeah, he's got really good I see hearing. something with his ears, so it's either one or the other. And that's, again, when you're working with His energy. ears are exactly like mine. I'll yeah. tell you. He's got the, the detached lobe. Does he? My wife has the attached lobe, oh, so okay. that's like definitely... Yeah. Congenitally, got that from me. So when you're working with energy and you are looking in your brain at, say, a child, which I'm just looking at my brain at this child, and I see something with his ears, it means either something negative, as in he's prone to ear infections, mm -hmm. or something positive, as in gotcha. he can hear better than other kids yeah. can. Or he, he, listens, really good hearing. or he listens better. Depends. Yeah. Okay? He never, like if I say something that's wrong, he will correct me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. he, he like won't really respond to you all the time. But then if you say something wrong, he's like, no, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so he's always listening. So he's like always your phone, listening. it's always listening. Yeah, you know? so there you go. That's why I went right gotcha. to his ear, okay? Yeah. All right? Yeah. And um, yeah, he's a cute kid too, isn't he? He's awesome. His middle name is Zenith. So oh, if nice. you look at a curve, the Zenith point is the highest point. Mm -hmm. So he's my Zenith point in life. So Jacoby Zenith. I gave him my biological dad's last name, Boss A. So if you actually take the last two letters of his first name, B-E, and the first three letters of his middle name, Z-E-N-B-E. Zen. So that's my goal for him to be kind of chill. And we're one and done, just one child. So very nice. Yeah, he's amazing. He's awesome. My and my wife as well. She's taking care of him right now. So shout out to Doreen. Um, she's an optometrist. She helps people see better. I help people see themselves better. Nice, nice. One and done is good with a crystal. That's my grandchild. That's a crystal. He's one. Yeah. And he's now fourteen, starting high school. Awesome. So, awesome. Uh, really in interesting. How many kids. children do you have? I have six children. Wow. Um, three children that I birthed. Yeah. One child that I adopted yeah. and two um, bonus children from my husband. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So my mom's one of six kids. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. uh but you know, I don't know how they did it back in the day like that. You know, it's just a different day and age. Different. You different. know, it's just completely Very different. different. But I'm one is a lot my brother has three boys. Mm -hmm. Um we're called the J Crow. So he's got Jericho, Jader, Jace, and I got Jacoby, oh. and I'm James and he's Jarrett. Well, nice, so all nice, the J's, you know. Nice, nice. So um talk to me just a little bit about how important sleep and eating are to people because oh, you know, they yeah. blow that shit off so yeah, much, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's the foundation. Mm -hmm. So honestly, like that's why I say the three legged stool, one leg diet one leg sleep and then the other leg everything else including exercise and relationships and you know screen time and just everything you mm -hmm. know from meditation practice all that stuff diet you are what you eat but it's beyond that it's you are what you absorb so if you have your bowel syndrome and you're not able to absorb certain nutrients then that's going to affect you so you have to look at like the gut brain access right the microbiome that's where I wanted you to go the yeah gut the, brain the access. yeah the microbiome is very important mm -hmm. they say about you know more than 90% of your serotonin is produced in the gut so that's really going to matter about your microbiome the flora 
that's in there. So it's not just the probiotics that you take, but also the prebiotics. Mm -hmm. And prebiotics are all, is also fiber. Same mm -hmm. thing, synonymous mm -hmm. terms. Mm -hmm. Medicine, we like to say a lot of things different ways just to confuse people, I guess. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so fiber is really crucial. I tell people the proof is in the poo. You can't spell the word proof without the word poo, right? <laughs> so honestly, I know people don't look at their bowel movement, mm -hmm. but it's important to see how your health is. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got loose stools all the time, it's not properly formed, if you're going very irregularly, like once every few days or something, there's something going on there mm -hmm. with the gut-brain access, mm -hmm. you know, that you need to look at. So diet's important, obviously, like a lot of processed foods, try to avoid that. I don't drink soda at all unless on special occasions. You know, hydration is crucial in the desert here. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, sleep, like that's when our brain heals itself. It's when we lay down memories in the hippocampus. So I tell people something that's often really ignored by a lot of people is those five minutes before you go to sleep. That's your opportunity to have a gratitude practice, to reflect on your day right before you're about to go to sleep because that's when you're gonna lay those memories down. Mm -hmm. So if you're just ruminating on all things that went wrong during the day, right before you go to sleep, they're gonna wake up most likely in a pretty bad mood. Right, so right. remember, this is the human operating system, right? And we're programming ourselves. We don't just eat with our mouth. Mm -hmm. You eat with your eyes and your ears. Mm -hmm. All the time, you're always taking in this external stimuli. So it's being conscious of these things. And metacognition is thinking about what you're thinking. So don't just be a prisoner of your thoughts. As a thought appears in your mind, ask yourself, is this coming from a place of love or is this coming from a place of fear? Mm -hmm. if it's, excuse me, if it's coming from a place of fear, it's not a truth. Discard that thought seed. Don't allow it to plant in the mind soil. Mm -hmm. If it's mm -hmm. coming from a place of love, then plant that seed. Right. Your mind is the soil and whatever you plant is going to grow. Right. 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 So diet and sleep, that's the foundation. And then exercise is important too. You got to move it or you're going to lose it. Right, right, you right. know, get that heart rate up, get some aerobic exercise, get a sweat. Um, I like other things too recently, like cold plunging I've really gotten into mm -hmm. because you're giving yourself slices of stress. Mm -hmm. It's called hormesis. You know, if you start out the day with a cold plunge, which is, you know, I don't like doing it, but I love how I feel after. Mm -hmm. Now, they say that you get a 250% increase in your dopamine when you do a cold plunge. Cocaine gives you about a 200% increase in dopamine. Chocolate, about 50%. So when you get that huge dopamine release early on in the morning and you did something challenging for your nervous system, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to take on that day. And then when you have this little stressor happen, you're less likely to have this panic attack, this mm -hmm. anxiety breakdown, essentially. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. just as there's so many keys and so many pieces of the puzzle of mental and physical health, but a lot of the things that are free are the best. The breath work, right? Mm -hmm. The mind follows the breath. Mm -hmm. The body follows the mind. So who's in charge? The breath. Mm -hmm. who's in charge of the breath you are but right. then when you're sleeping at night you have to tell yourself to breathe of course not it's your autonomic or automatic nervous system right, right. but then you can also bring consciousness to the breath which will then calm the mind and hence calm the body mm -hmm. right so the breath is always with you as long as you have breath in your body there's work to be done in this mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. life is constant work life is unpredictable mm -hmm. and that's okay and life has pain physical and emotional but suffering tends to be optional. Mm -hmm. So don't allow yourself to be that victim. Try to rise up choose. and be the victor. Choose, choose. You can choose, yeah. right? Right. And then, you know, like, it's so many, so many things. Like, so, so many yeah. things that people don't realize they're they're choosing when they're choosing. Yeah. And yeah. back to journaling, by the way, it's not the Jour act yeah, journaling of journaling. Free, yeah. That it's Practice, not the act of yeah. keeping a journal that helps. It's the act of journaling. So I always rip my journal up because I don't want to keep that negative thought process around. Yeah, I yeah. want to dump it on a piece of paper, rip it up or shred it up, especially if I can't yeah. get to sleep at night and I journal and rip it up, then you can sleep. By the way, I take gummies at night to sleep. What do you think about that? Uh, how many milligrams? Five, 10? How many milligrams? Is there five. CBN in there? So yeah, five milligrams of THC, 
is fine if you're gonna help out with sleep. But what I would ask you is like, do you feel groggy in the morning? No. No, then five is good. That's like kind of the early starting dose. Mm -hmm. But other cannabinoids that I would look at is CBN, mm -hmm. which is basically like CBD becomes CBN as the plant matures. Mm -hmm. So if I had something that was balanced with THC, five milligrams, and then also some CBN and CBD and CBG, which is good for gut health, that's how we're gonna get more out of the, the cannabinoids versus just going for the THC. So I also sell different uh, CBDs in the clinic as well, and CBN and CBG, so I can help people beyond just the ketamine, because we have an endogenous cannabinoid receptor system, mm -hmm. so it is needed for really just balance or homeostasis within our body, from mood regulation to our immune system to sleep, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So if the THC works for you, I'd rather you do that than taking NyQuil every night or Benadryl yeah. or, or, you know, or alcohol or Alprazolam or, or benzodiazepines. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the next epidemic, yeah. honestly, is the benzodiazepine yeah, yeah, yeah. epidemic. I also want to touch on, you had that like the journaling. Mm -hmm. I tell patients to do what I call a brain dump once a month. Just everything that's in your mind, take 30 minutes, however long it takes, write it down that's bothering you. Everything that's bothering you, write it down. Then go back and circle everything on that paper that you wrote down that you can actually control you're not gonna be circling that much. Mm -hmm. So then why are you allowing yourself to worry about it? Right. And then that act of ripping it up or lighting it on fire and releasing that attachment. The root cause of all suffering is attachment. So if you can release some of those attachments to the things that you're worrying about that you can't control, that's you're gonna feel better. Get right. the weight off the shoulders. Wherever you place your attention is where you place your energy. And your energy is your power. So bring your attention, your focus back home to you on the things that you can actually control and you will empower yourself and right. not feel powerless. Right. Yeah, you, you have to understand that it's not your intention to place your attention yeah. on negativity, but when you place that attention, then your intention follows suit and you keep ruminating. Correct. I think we have an intention deficit disorder Agreed. in this country, not a attention deficit disorder. We have that as well, but it's lack of attention. Like people just go through the motions. Agreed. And so I have people set intentions at the beginning of every infusion. And I always ask you, what's your intention for today's infusion? Mm -hmm. Focus your mind. It's like saying grace before a meal, essentially, mm -hmm. right? Treat this experience with reverence. That's Absolutely. very important. Because if you have more intention and you're putting love and gratitude into this experience, you're gonna be a lot more likely to get a lot out of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, tell everybody again how to get a hold of you so that they can call your clinic and, yeah. and you know talk to you about what you have there. So tell everybody how to get a hold of you again. Totally. Uh, well, the number is 480-631-4800. You can call in. We do free phone consultations. When I'm not taking care of a patient, we'll schedule that. Um, and then also you can check us out on Instagram at psychedelic underscore doctors, just DRS, mm -hmm. lots of content on there. And then our website is www.advancedwellnessandpain.com. We made a shorter one as well. That's delic doctors, D-E-L-I-C-D-R-S.com. So you don't have to type in as many letters and just reach out. Like we're here, like I'm trying to be the change in medicine that I wish existed. I hear Where that. you're going to get a doctor to actually take care of you. Yeah. It's not treat them and treat them ketamine. Yeah. This is a program and I'm really here to help empower you to become the best version of yourself. Fantastic. A lot of times we are the cause and also the cure. So mm -hmm. you get to choose. Absolutely. Well, honestly, Dr. James Latham. Yeah, Latham honestly. And honestly, <laughs> this has been such a an informative hour with you. I thank you so much. Was this a whole hour already? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, Time know, flies when you're having fun. We, uh, we really appreciate you coming because this is, again, state of the art. Yeah. This is something that I've seen work in my own family. Yeah. This is something I am willing to see what happens to do. It's yeah. not something that you, if you're afraid of it, you don't have to be. Yeah, you know? I'll, I'll tell you that for people that are afraid, that's normal to be a little afraid. But ketamine, the way we do it, is the most controllable psychedelic medicine experience on planet Earth. Why do I say that? Because it's intravenous. 
and I have it on a specialized pump. So if you're having a challenging experience, I can push the stop button and take you out of a challenging experience in less than five minutes. So you can't do that in any other psychedelic medicine. Time is the antidote. So don't be scared. That's normal though if you are, but trust me, I've dealt with many anxious, frightened patients. Be curious. That's the key. It's very difficult to be curious and scared at the same time or anxious and curious at the exact same time. I'll leave you one last thing. We've all heard curiosity killed the cat, right? 100% of people that I ask have heard that saying. Do you know the next line in the poem? Mm -mm. It goes like this. Curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So the cat actually derived more satisfaction by being curious and was brought back to life. So be the radically curious observer of your life and you will get more out of it and it will bring you back to life. Uh, thank you so much, doctor. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's an honor and privilege to work to you. Oh, I feel like we my, just barely pierced my, the veil. I know, and my I look pleasure, forward to next time. my pleasure. Yeah. There's a Charles in your energy field. Who is that? Uh, uh, well, Charles is Chuck. Yes. I was talking to Chuck Green right before I came here on a text message. Ah, okay, very He's a good. friend of mine, so okay. that that's that's the only one I could pull because I don't know any other Charles's. Well, Charles is Chuck. You're yeah, right. Yeah, it is. And yeah. I just saw him in your vibration. He's my he, most frequent, my most recent text message on my phone is from there Chuck. There we go. Charles. Your dad is always uh, there for you, always watching you. Always. Thank you. I appreciate and, that. You know, this is the first time I've heard little birdies at the window here in the studio, so I think that may be Dad right there. Wait, yeah, the, the birds, birds I'm hearing. Little birdies. Oh, I thought that was like time to wrap it up. No, no. Oh, really? Birdies coming to you i think that's your daddy so there you go all wow. right well that's pretty awesome because uh i think he embodied a bird because it, like bruce's last name was clark and we called mm -hmm. it c lark and then at his funeral there was like a hawk circling and i think if you're able to pass through and come back once you've passed on from this life it would make sense if it's in animal form absolutely that this makes, is the first know. time in this studio and i've been doing this for yeah. a year now that a bird has come to this window. So that was oh, for I was you. hearing those that like chirps. That was for you, doctor. Now, it, uh, I'll be very impressed if you can do this for me. There is a number that I told him to show me or tell me, mm -hmm. Bruce Clark, right before he died. That's your friend? My stepfather. My stepfather. Step in 2019, he passed away right but before But the numbers COVID. that are around you right now are 11s. Well, 11 is my thing. Okay. Like that, because James Latham 11, it's on my email. And then I also... Oh, well, I did not know that. 11 is the number that I see around. In 1111, I did an infusion today on a patient. We really acknowledge that those are the angel numbers. Okay. But there's one other number. I won't put you on the spot. You can tell me after if you want. Well, I from will Bruce. tell you what. I am going to invite you to call my husband and yeah. come in for a reading. And we'll talk to I would to love your, to. I would love we'll to. We'll talk to Bruce and yeah. we'll talk to Leo. And yes, we will yes. do it all for you. And oh, that's amazing. Thank I'll you. come to your clinic and we'll take yeah. care of it, okay? I look forward to the continuing this yeah. uh, friendship Absolutely. and relationship. Yeah, you're awesome. Absolutely. Like, I'm, in, I'm in Gilbert. Yeah, I live in uh, Gilbert as well. And my, my healing center is in Tempe. Oh, beautiful. We have a second clinic in Gilbert. We That's, just opened up two months ago. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, Six rooms. Everything's private. Yeah, like if people just want, want to come visit our clinics just to see the art in there, yeah. like have a lot of original art, uh, I'll do that. You know, like That's treat fantastic. like a museum. It's it's beautiful. It really is. Like you haven't seen anything else like this in medicine. It's uh, This is my life's passion. And my, with my that. two partners, Dr. Wong and Dr. Sharma, we've been able to make this That's a reality because teamwork makes the dream work. That's it. There you go. Well, this has been fantastic, and this is Spirituality for Everyday Living. I am Melinda Vale, and we'll see you next time. Have a great week.